ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting edition of Monday Motivation. Hi everyone, this is Rabbi Garfinkel of Project 613 in Chicago with a live studio audience. Wow. Wow. Overwhelming. Very excited. It's been a little while since we've had a live studio audience, but it is a pleasure to have uh, family members and extended family members. Shout out to Adam Goldwater, who does all of our amazing technical work. Just unbelievable. Saves us time again. I can actually hear my podcast again back. I can edit. It's so exciting. The video, the audio setting was on the wrong thing. So shout out to Adam. God bless. All right. We had an amazing Shabbos. We are uh, in the midst of our Project 613 Life Seminar, how Torah wisdom bumps up, improves your life relationships. It's actually an incredible, incredible series, and we encourage all of you who are young professionals or who know young professionals in downtown Chicago or who are willing to travel to downtown Chicago Wednesday nights, please have them come, project613.com slash life. All right. And we have an absolutely crazy story for the podcast tonight. And honestly, it's so crazy. I spent several hours today trying to actually verify if it's true. And it turns out that it is. It's just beyond belief how it worked out. Now, as someone who believes in God, believes in Hashem, I really shouldn't be surprised. I should just say, wow, of course, that's the way the Almighty runs the world. It's it's just, you know, just like birds chirp, just like water flows downhill, so too incredible miracles happen all the time. Childbirth is, an, is a miracle. Digesting food from eyeing it to eating it to expelling it is also a tremendous miracle the fact that our hearts beat by the way you know that scientists don't know what makes the pacemaker go they say what makes the heart go well the pacemaker there's only one problem <laughs> they can't really explain what the source of the pacemaker what makes the pacemaker send the electrical shock to make the heart beat is still a mystery. We can regulate that electronic shock, but we don't really know fundamentally what starts it, which is pretty amazing. So there's a lot of miracles around us all the time. And just so happens that sometimes we see a big open one that the Almighty pulls back the curtain and says, hi, here I am. I'm right here. And uh, since October 7th, we have seen many, many, many of those. So I would like to tell you that uh, in terms of verification, this story uh, was, uh, I've heard it a few times, most recently by my good and dear friend, Mitch Rose. I actually interviewed Mitch Rose's son, Nachi, maybe a year or two ago. He had survived the terror attack in Jerusalem. Actually, it was one of our most popular Monday motivations. It was an interview style, um, obviously riveting topic. So thanks to Mitch for telling the story and reminding me of it. Subsequently, um, it, it, uh, it was seen in a new art scroll book, uh, Angels in Orange, I believe is the title, talking about the miracles of Hatzalah, uh, the emergency uh, medical 
volunteer team and what they saw on that day. It also is a Times of Israel blog. Um, I saw it there. And I had Rabbi Marcus of Project 613 staff check the Israeli press, and he found it um, several times quoted in the name of Rabbi Chaim Zaid, who is a very popular speaker and big rabbi in Israel. So with those street creds, I begin the story. So before the world went upside down on October 7th, 2023, probably about six months before then, there was a really innocent event that happened. There was a family, a secular family, a mother, a father, a son, a young boy, and of course, a dog, who were on the Tel Aviv-Jerusalem highway. Now, they were actually not on the highway, they were on the side of the road, because it was out of gas, the car was out of gas, they ran out of gas. So they're on the uh, a major highway in Israel on the side of the road. And um, there is a wonderful Jewish man, Haredi, as they say, which means he's super religious. I don't know exactly what he looks like, but a very Orthodox Jew. And he was driving along and saw a car on the side of the road. Okay. And um, it seems from the context, it was near Moza, which is close to Jerusalem, but it was on that highway there. And he pulls up in front, he goes and he says, can I help you? And the family said, oh, wow, it's amazing. Thank you so much. We've been here for a half an hour and no one has stopped. You're the first one who stopped. And he said, what's the problem? He says, well, we, we ran out of gas. And Yehuda said, okay, no problem. I have gas in my car. I'm going to get a jerry can, and I will go to the uh, gas station at Moza, which is, again, those of you know, right outside of Jerusalem. Get some gas, turn around, and voila. And, as we say in Hebrew, kachava. And so it was. And he returns back and fills up the tank of gas for this stranded family of mom, dad, son, and dog. And they were good to go. So the man in the car said, um, okay, so how much do I owe you? And Yehuda says back to him, uh, no, sorry, uh, I'm not selling this precious mitzvah. This is a, uh, my, it's my absolute pleasure. I, I, I get much more out of it than you do. Um, I, I appreciate you want to pay for it, but I did a mitzvah and there's no payment for a mitzvah. And the guy in the car, the father, he said, I cannot believe this. He says, and Yehuda goes back, so what's so hard to believe? I mean, Yehuda's used to doing mitzvahs all the time. So he says, come here a second. Let me show you something. So the father led Yehuda around to the back of the car. And on the back of the car was a bumper sticker. And the father asked him, uh, do, do, do you see that sticker? And Yehuda looked at it. And the sticker said, Dros kol dos. Lidros in Hebrew means to trample. Kol means every dos. Dos is a um, uh, uh, deleterious, a pejorative term, a negative term for religious people, which basically means run over every religious person. <laughs> so the father says, this is the first time in my life that I'm meeting a religious person. And suddenly I find myself incredibly ashamed at the sticker on my car. 
I'm going to remove it. And he does. So Yehuda asks him, you know, where are you from? He says, I live in the south. Okay. Right. He tells him where he lives. Yehuda says, never heard of it. Okay. Anyway, have a great trip and uh, nothing else should go wrong. So they bid each other goodbye. They went back to their respective cars and drove off. All right. So uh, that could have been the end of the story, but it's actually not the end of the story. And anyone who's ever been in business knows that the key to a successful relationship is follow up and follow through. And listen to the greatness of Yehuda. Not only did he do a chesed, a kindness, but he followed up. And here's what happened. So the next morning, so the man who had run out of gas on the highway heard his phone ringing and he answered it. He said, hello, shalom, it's Yehuda. Uh, Yehuda who? Yehuda, I met you last night on the highway when you ran out of gas. Oh, yes, 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 of course. Hello, and thank you so much for what you did. You really saved us. So Yehuda said, well, you're welcome. I was just calling to make sure you got home safe and sound. Amazing. Uh, so the man says, yes, and after, after you left, we drove to the gas station, filled up, and we're able to get home just fine. Thank you very much. He says, my pleasure. Okay, now I'm, now I'm calm, cold to all good. So then a few days later on Friday, Yehuda called again. And he said, you know what? Your, your son was so such a nice, sweet boy. He said, you know, I have a story to share with your son before Shabbat. W- would, you, would you mind me sharing a story with him? So the father said, a story? Sure, why not? What's the story? And so he began. And so Yehuda told a story, literally a minute or two, cute little story. And so that began the relationship. Every Erev Shabbos, every Friday, Yehuda would call this family from a totally secular kibbutz in the south of Israel and tell them a story. Okay, it was, again, usually about two minutes. And this became their weekly tradition. So half a year passed. This is six months. And one Friday, so the man from the kibbutz, the fathers, we've been calling him the story, he asked Yehuda a question. He says, tell me, Yehuda, aren't you bored on Shabbos? And Yehuda didn't know what to do with himself. Wait, like, what do you mean? Why would I be bored? He says, I don't know. You pray and you eat, and that's pretty much the whole situation, right? I mean, you can't speak on the phone and watch TV or work on the computer or go for a drive. Like, that's what I'm asking. Aren't you bored? (laughs) And clearly, this man had never seen a Shabbos. Shabbos is the busiest and most unbelievable day of, 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 of amazingness. So Yehuda was smart and he said, you know, it's funny. You should think that I'd be bored on Shabbos when it happens to be a day when I find that I'm very busy. So the father asked him back, well, how's that? I, he just didn't understand. And Yehuda said back to him, said, look, it's going to be really difficult for me to explain this to you. You're not going to be able to understand without experiencing it for yourself. So here's what I suggest. Why don't you come and join me and my family for a Shabbos in Bnei Barak? <laughs> now, Bnei Barak is literally, if not the one of the most religious cities in all of Israel. Okay, black and white are the theme colors of Bnei Brak. I'm making that up, but it's, you know, you get the idea. Okay, and so he says, you can come and see how it is for yourself. So the man from this secular kibbutz in the south was taken aback. He's like, you're not serious. Me keep Shabbos in Bnei Brak? Are you forgetting I'm Chiloni? I'm secular? 
And Yehuda didn't, didn't back down. He says, what are you talking about? I didn't forget for a second. You will be my guest and everything will be fine. We will find you an apartment that you will have your own space and you'll be able to come. So, so the man was a little bit overwhelmed by the, by the request. And he says, well, you know, it seems kind of crazy to me, but I'll ask my wife and, and I'll get back to you with an answer. So in the meantime, Yehuda was like, uh, maybe I bit off more than I could chew. He didn't really know what to do. What's he going to do? What if they say yes? So he went to his Rav. And from, again, how the research turns out, this Rav was this Rav Chaim Zaid. And he asked, what would, you know, when should we have them? And how should we do this? He said, yes, get them a separate apartment for sure. They should have their own space. But what? Um, you know, when should we have them? You know, so it was coming up on the high holidays. And he said, you know, listen, you know, Rosh Hashanah, it's two days. It's long davening. That's going to be tough. Yom Kippur is fasting. Mm-hmm. He says, um, you know, well, what about Sukkot? And then Sukkot, they're going to be eating in the Sukkot. It's not so, it's it's a chavaya, uh, it's an experience, but a little bit technically challenging. And Yehuda said, I can't really see them going for that. So then the Rav said, what about Simchas Torah? People will throw candies at them. They'll have a chance to dance with the Sefer Torah, with the Torah scroll. It's fun. It's joyous. It'll be great. And Yehuda thought, he said, yeah, that sounds like, oh. But then Yehuda remembered. He said, you know what? I can't. And the Rav asked, well, why not? He says, well, my father lives in Sterot, which is ironically very much in the south. That's what the main city that gets, unfortunately, the, the missiles from, from Gaza. Okay, and my siblings, we have a Toranut. We have a rotation of who goes to spend Shabbos and holiday, Yom Tov, with my father. So Simcha's Torah is my turn to go with my family to Sterot to celebrate Simcha's Torah. So the Rav said, well, why don't you just invite your father to come spend Simcha's Torah with you and B'nai Barak? And then not only is this family from the secular kibbutz in the south going to see what Simcha's Torah is, they're also going to see how you honor your father. Wouldn't that be a great idea? And so he said yes. So he called up, and believe it or not, the family from the kibbutz was down for this idea with one exception, one condition. They said, if we're coming, we're all coming. We need to bring our dog as well. Now, as an outreach rabbi, I have dealt with the dog issue many times. Oh, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. They get in the way of so many things. Oh, I can't go to Israel, Rabbi, to learn for six months like I wanted to because of my dog and this and the other. So I've I've spent a lot of money over the years paying for doggy uh, hotels and <laughs> dog, doggy sitters to be able to come for Shabbos. It's the best programming money I can spend. Okay, so, but Yehuda said, fine, we'll figure it out. Bring the dog. So the family, the mom, the dad, the son, and the dog are all coming for Simcha's Torah and along with the dog. And I don't know if you sense where this story is headed, but Simcha's Torah was this past Simcha's Torah, October 7th. And the secular kibbutz that this family lived on was Kibbutz Be'eri, the main, one of the main, if not the main ground zero of Hamas's attack on Israel, on the Gaza envelope, as they call it, was Kibbutz Beri. And this family 
were celebrating Simchas Torah in Bnei Brak. Not only was this family saved, but Yehuda's father lived in Sterot right near the police station that was overcome by Hamas terrorists. And, and many, many people were injured and killed and kidnapped from there. And therefore, you see the end of this story is absolutely incredible that this entire family was saved from Kibbutzberry. Their house was burned down. Their house was totally destroyed. And Yehuda even saved his own father. Now, I, I want to go back because the story is just so mind-boggling and so unbelievable that I want to just go back and, and, and just imagine. Imagine you're on the side of the road and you're out of gas and you're waiting for a half an hour and you're thinking, God, why do bad things happen to good people? Hashem, what I do to deserve such a punishment? I ran out of gas and no one's stopping. Let's say someone would have stopped five minutes before and filled up their tank and they would have gone on. Every minute of that 30 minutes of wait was essential for their lives to be saved. And in fact, the thing that they thought was a terribly painful, difficult situation ended up being the way of their salvation. It literally saved their lives. And now look at this Yehuda. Yehuda could have just driven by. He did not drive by. He stopped. Not only did he stop the first time to fill up with gas, he, he, he followed up with a phone call and then another phone call and developed a relationship and said that this is a Jewish family that does not have any access, never met a religious person in their life, and they're open to hearing stories on a Friday, so I'm going to try it once. You don't think he was embarrassed? You, let's go into you. You don't think he was embarrassed? Asking, can I tell your son a story? I think, who's this weirdo telling me my son a story? But he persisted and he kept going and he developed a relationship. And then look at this family who was willing to take a shot at going to the most religious city or one of the most religious cities in Israel that they went out of their comfort zone to be able to grow their Jewish knowledge. We are at a point now, ladies and gentlemen, in the Jewish people, where we need all of these efforts from all sides. And as you listen to this story, the question is, where are you on this spectrum? Where Are, are you at a point where you can maybe share the beauty of the wisdom, even a little bit, with someone else? Are you just maybe possibly, if you're listening to this podcast, possibly a few steps ahead of a fellow Jew that you could share Judaism with and, and maybe not save their life physically, but save their life spiritually to have the meaning and the purpose of what it means to have access to Torah, to Judaism, to authentic Jewish living. It's the greatest part about what I am blessed to be able to do is to introduce people to the buried treasure in their backyards, a treasure of meaning, a treasure of purpose. This time in this story showed that it saved their lives physically. But every time you share something of authentic Torah content and quality, you are saving and enriching their lives spiritually. So I give us all a blessing that this story should 
Help us all double down on the love we have for our fellow Jews to be motivated to become the best Jews we can become and the brighter light that we are, the greater we can shine on our fellow Jews. God bless. Have an amazing week. And we look forward to taking Yehuda's inspiration and that family's inspiration to have an incredible week. And we'll see you right back here next week for another exciting edition of Monday Motivation. I'm